Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you have any questions or concerns about what we're about to talk about, please send us an email at strugglethime at 88kin.com. Now let's get on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, this is Zella Kiangte. Uh, as you all know, I'm the host of Struggle Time. Uh, Struggle Time is where we talk about other people's struggles and how we can work from it and heal from it, from it and, 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 you know, we learn from each other. Um, from now on, it's going to be a little bit different, uh, a little more different than the usual. Um, unfortunately and fortunately, uh, it's it's getting to that point where you know we're all doing different things and some of us are going another direction so i'll be the one that's hosting this podcast from now on um it's going to be still called struggle time but it's going to be a segment where i interview people and experts and uh that are still on their journey to uh becoming where they want to go and what what they want to be um i think a lot of the times we don't focus on uh, people who are still working, who are still on their journey, we try to focus too much on the people that have made it, and we tend to, you know, judge people that haven't. I think we should also focus on the people that are still um, kind of working towards their goals. Uh, it's funny because I had a conversation uh, with a friend uh, last week, and we were talking about it, and uh, I think he brought up a good point of, you know. <clears throat> learning from someone that's still going through it is, is is different from someone that has made it because if you're talking to that person that has made it and, and about what to do and how to go about certain things, after they're done talking to you or speaking to a large crowd, it doesn't matter if they if you make it or not. But once they're done talking to you, they go right back home to their mansion or, you know, to their nice cars or whatever. But when you talk to someone that's still struggling or someone that's still uh you know, someone that's still on the journey, uh, once they stop talking or once they are done uh, giving you advice, they go right back to working. And I think there's a different perspective and aspect of that. Um, and there's a, a very deep rooted value that that brings out. Um, so this podcast from now on will be all about experts who are still on the journey, helping you and giving you advices uh, on how to get through the battle to uh, in order to win the war. Um Right now, in front of me, I have someone very near and dear, uh, Rob Lim, uh, aka Rob Modest. I've been trying to, I've been trying to have that stick, Rob Modest, but he's not, he's not taking it. But Rob Lim, um, owner and uh, founder of Modest Philly, uh, I've known him for a long time, very long time. Uh, been through a lot with him, struggled with him, and everything. Um, and yeah, I, I guess. I'll give you the chance to introduce yourself and speak for yourself. Yeah, man. Uh, my name is Rob Lim, owner of Modest, uh, a clothing company here in Philadelphia. Um, thank you, Zella, for having me on your show. Uh, you know, I feel like we constantly talk about these things, and I think it can add a lot of insight to to those who are listening on, on your podcast. So I'm, I'm really excited to do this. Um, I think you're pretty spot on with as far as following people during the journey because uh, that's a 
that's a very organic perspective um, and something that I'm about. And I think that through my trials and tribulations, uh, I can help others um, in, in a similar similar uh, stage that, I, that I'm currently in. Yeah, and I think uh, I think it's important, you know, when when you're able to learn from someone that's still going through certain things, it's like, oh well, it's 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 a very comforting feeling knowing that, oh shit, he's going through it too, you know. And it, it I I made that example. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like when my grandma passed away, right? When my grandma passed away, and I told someone, there was like you expect two types of reactions, right? It's either they're going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, things will get better. You'll get over it. You know, this, that, and the third. Or someone's going to be like, damn, I'm really sorry, man. Like that, I can't imagine what you're going through or something like that, right. you know? And it, it's always, what I find comf- comforting is, is, is always, damn, like, I'm really sorry. Like, whatever you need, I'm here for you. As opposed to, Oh, like you'll be all right, man. You you know you you have all these things going on. It's just like sometimes you need someone just to feel your pain, and you know what I mean? you know like. For sure, I mean, <clears throat> struggle is is universal. Yeah. You know, no matter what language you speak or what background you're coming from, like whether you're in Africa, Asia, America, struggle is is universal. Everyone knows that feeling of you know whether it's your last dollar or you know emotional struggle i mean it's just everyone experiences um struggle at one point i agree um so as usual as every other episode i know we kind of went into a tangent of (laughs) of the episode a little bit but before we start anything we start every episode with a positive news of the day um i think this gives, gives us a really great chance to reach out to people and you know give them more of what the you know mediocre or mainstream media is is showing um so there's a supermarket in amsterdam that now dedicates an aisle free organic products so plasticless and this is very interesting and i i love the idea because i'm a very big ocean guy um i love the ocean and i think every year we don't i don't know if it's every year but I know the amount of plastic we dump in the ocean accumulates to like a hundred million tons or something like that. Yeah. And then there's that island called Trash Island, Garbage Island or whatever. Um, But I thought that was amazing to see and they're expanding. So like um, they're going to go to different aisles and all these other, you know, other uh, other areas as far as like what type of product and stuff like that. So that's in Amsterdam. And I think... uh, a lot of the other countries are adapting to it. I don't know if they're going to come down to America anytime soon, but um, I think it's a great start. Um, I love the whole movement. Uh, that's why every time I go to a restaurant or, uh, or a grocery store, I don't use straws anymore. Um, I just drink out of, the, out of the cup. I think you do that shit too. Yeah, but um, I think it's just sad, man. Like these are like ocean creatures that have no idea what's going on, and it's just they're just you know going through it. And if I can hold like certain products that I can that I bought, I would just hold it and carry it home. You know, I think especially in Philly, it's so different because we're so used like back where we're from, we're so used to paying an extra fee for plastic and stuff like that. 
But here in Philly, like, I would buy, like, a toothpaste, and they would double bag the plastic and then give it to me. <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of ridiculous. But, yeah, so that's positive news of the day. And, uh, and yeah, so let's move on to our topic. So today's topic is, is about um, Rob and, and, and how he, where he's at right now in life. He has a lot going on. Um, he's a designer. Uh, you know, business owner, um, uh, a creative, uh, you know, everything uh, that you can kind of think of when it comes to the creative world. Um, but one thing that I want to talk about and really get into is there are a lot of people like you that don't really uh, produce, right? That don't really take pictures or to, you know, film right. or like draw or paint or whatever, right. but you're still a you're still a creative because of, yeah, because yep. you're still a, a visionary person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one of your biggest strengths that I've that I've seen knowing you for for I don't even know how many years is the fact that you're able to connect, mm-hmm. right? I think that's your biggest strength, and I don't know. I'm sure you know this, but that's one thing I want to touch on. How you came to to a time and a place where where you're just like okay I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that because basically all of your all of the battles that you won to this day you've done it by yourself right simply by connecting dots connecting people connecting with other people so my first question is what was the first thing where you were like where it just clicked where you were like okay so I'm not capable of doing this. So, okay, how do I go about going forward and how do I get out the box where like, you know, because a lot of the times, a lot of people would be like, oh, I don't want to ask this, that, and the third. How do we, you know, how do you get past that hump? I think for me, I mean, one, there's just a sense of urgency because there was so much lag time between drops with Modest and and just like this lack of content, um, consistent content. And uh, I think... It's a two-part thing. One, you know, I, I didn't want to do too much and reach out to my, to my good friends and, and, you know, trouble them. But at a certain point, it's like, I think you just got to do it. Like, you know, if, if you surround yourself with a with an awesome team of creatives and people generally do want to help you. And I think it's just that self-worth, you know, just knowing that, you know what, you are trying to create something. I think like-minded individuals gravitate towards that. Um, so I think it's just also just... As I get older, I become uh, more and more uh, unapologetic. Like, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm very transparent. Like, you know, this is the concept that I want to do. If you're willing to do it, you know, there may or may not be a budget. You know, oftentimes now there is a budget. So, you know, I I put bread in people's pockets as much as I can. But just like everyone else, you know, I'm out here trying to just get it, um, you know, basically out the mud. I don't have a rich uncle or any type of connections to the fashion industry so i'm really just taking this me and my team uh dominique rose and and john obendorf for uh you know we're just really taking this day by day and uh really soaking it all in and taking it all in step at a time yeah i think it's i think i think you you pointed out a good point of as you get older you know you become less apologetic um so as an as like I think your breed and your type of creativity and being a creative is very unique to any other form of creative because I feel like 
you're more of like a, you know, like, yeah, like a creative director that, um, that kind of, uh, puts the, I guess, connects the dots and like brings people together. Right. For sure. And, um, and you know, the only reason why I'm here is because you brought us together. So my question is, so a lot of the times artists are more critical and they're more sensitive to their work. Um, and you kind of seem like you don't feel that, you know, or you don't show it. You know what I mean? How do as you, far as like how it's going to be received by the public? Yeah. So how, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how it's going to be received by the public or, you know. I mean, the bottom line is, is, you can't be naive to say that, oh, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to do me. I mean, of course, you have to be mindful. Yeah. But at the at the same time, you can't be constantly discouraged or, you know, this fear of judgment is yeah. really a disease straight yeah. up. Like, if you're sitting in your studio or your workspace or your coffee shop or wherever you're at trying to uh, create, if you're out here trying to do things for other people and not what you want to do and where your heart's at, then you're going to find out very soon that you're going to go back to square one. Yeah. All, you're building on a foundation, a false foundation, mm. essentially. So when you when you lay down that foundation and um, it's really true to who you are as a person and, and whether you, you have a product or service or whatever the situation is, as long as that's true to the values of, of what you're trying to put out to the public yeah. then i think then it's you get that confidence yeah but it takes time and it, and it takes a lot of mistakes i mean yeah for every triumph i have i have 10 mistakes yeah to balance it out so i mean that's just how it goes i mean you hear that you hear that dialogue with so many successful people yeah oprah getting her big break at like 40 or whatever mm -hmm. the late 30s like you know, Michael Jordan not making the high school team. Like, it's just everyone hops on the bandwagon when you're already up. Mm -hmm. But, like, basically while you're doing this series of, like, you know, highlighting the the journey, you know, in in progress, yeah, not progress. at the end, like, yeah, yeah. during the journey. It's very, you know, that's eye-opening, I feel like, for creators because for you to – you know, if you're trying to do streetwear or something, to you to compare yourself to, like, say, Supreme or yeah, something like yeah. that, you know, it's really apples to oranges. Like, yeah. you're, you're seeing Supreme in its prime. You're seeing these other brands, you know, 10 years from where you probably are. Yeah. So don't take that as, like, mm. don't take that the wrong way. And I think a lot of people do that. Right. You know, like, no one was talking about these brands when they were just starting. Yeah. No one really knows about the background story. And I think... It's very important as an up-and-coming creative designer or whatever to to value yourself and yeah. know your worth. Yeah. It takes time. It takes persistence. Yeah. It takes mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just a... You just got to let it ride out. So you, you, you touched on, you know, you're not a painter. You're not like a... Like a product... You're not a production artist, right? Where where did this... And, and I think it's to your benefit. Where, where did this being able to just connect with people, right? I think, was this something you were born with or was this something, what were like the trial and errors that could have happened with this, right? Because I, I feel like it's either- well, How deep do you want to get? Because that's the, that's, I think that's a loaded question because 
How did this I? It's a podcast. <laughs> okay. Shit, how much time we got? I guess we got a break. Now, how long do these go for? Well, see, I mean, <clears throat> in regards to meeting new people and, and, and having the confidence yeah. to to just network. Yeah, how, where did you get your confidence from? Well, that should be the first question, right? Because in order to be able to connect. And so in order for you, we've been friends for a long time, right? In order for you to even come up to me and be like, yo, Zella, I need a favor. You know, like not I, I, a lot of us either will consciously think, oh, I don't want him to think that I'm taking advantage of him, yeah. or I don't want to come off this way in the third, in a sense that, okay, he thinks, or the person that's receiving the request is like, oh, he's just trying to take advantage of right. me. It should whatever. be mutual, for yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, so how, like, when when did it get to a point where you were like, okay, I'm capable of doing this, you know, like, I am capable of making all these connects and stuff like that. Since I'm not capable of producing these, yeah. let me, because... I think it's kind of helpful that you all grew up, you grew up with artists, you know, and it kind of works out for your benefit in a sense, you know, and now we're finally seeing that it's working out for me talking personally, that it's working out for my benefit, you know, yeah. helping you all those years. It's like, okay, well, now he's introducing me to all these other people, right? So like what kind of struggle did you face trying to or learning and you know doing all yeah. these things? I mean Yeah, that's a loaded question. I mean a lot of a lot of that has to do with just personal yeah. shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and I'm not trying to go on a on a huge tangent, but just struggles of identity and like yeah really understanding who you are mm -hmm. as a human i think when when those when that starts to click mm -hmm. you know internally then you'll find yourself much more confident okay. and and you'll see that people are gravitating towards yeah. you because now you're no you're just confident in yourself and yeah. and the verbiage that you're using the the thoughts you're putting out in the world mm -hmm. are really cohesive with who you are as a human mm -hmm. and i think that takes time mm -hmm. i think that that takes some dark times, yeah, you yeah. feel me? And then like, and then you emerge. Yeah, you know? I think uh, one thing you just talked about was personal identity, right? I think one of your, when we were working on your website, one of the, the first thing you talked about on your as your strength was brand identity. Right. Helping other companies identify their identity, right? How, as far as self-realization and, and, you know, understanding who you really are as a person, how important is, is understanding your identity and knowing who you are as a person, right? In order to feel confident, in order to make these connects, in order for you present yourself, you know? You know, I mean, it's hard to generalize because obviously the narrative is different per person. Right. I think, you know, say... If you come up in, in a certain environment mm. for what to, to generalize and make it very simple, like say the Hamptons, you feel me? That's your identity. Like that type of that type of aesthetic, like that this type of people you bring around, then then it's not as problematic, I right. feel like. Because you know, most likely you're a certain demographic. Yeah. Right. I ain't trying to like throw shade or anything like that, but that's you. Mm -hmm. These are the types of people you mingle with right. and these are the type of spots you're at. Yeah. So then identity's not really that problematic. I think I think identity becomes more complicated when you're a minority. Okay. Because you're coming here, me, I'm first generation, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of just thrown into the mix. Yeah. I grew up playing basketball, mm -hmm. you know, 
not not uh, once again just generalizing that's mostly black community yeah right so i'm thrown into these households now at a young age i've tended to date mostly spanish girls growing up so yeah. i'm thrown into the mix of all these other cultures where now then this becomes problematic yeah. as you become an adult because it's like why is this asian person yeah talking this way yeah, or yeah acting yeah. this yeah. way yeah. so yeah. then it becomes yeah. more of a thing yeah compared to like if you fit your identity, yeah. then it's no longer an issue. Society mm. welcomes you with open arms. Mm. You feel me? So I think, well, me, mm. I've always struggled being brought up in a certain environment. Yeah, yeah. Being on my, making the friends I made, those relationships, you know, yeah. are mostly part of the black community, things yeah. like that. Um, or minorities, just in general. Spanish, yeah. it's, it's, you know, I was just kind of thrown to the mix. And I think for a while, I struggled with that because it's like, you know, you already know how it is. Yeah. Oh, I just want to be yeah, fucking yeah. black, Asian, yeah. want to do this. Like, then I realized at one point, like, shit, I've been doing this. Yeah, yeah. so, so, so like, I guess my, let's not get it fucked up. Like, <laughs> so, I've been doing this shit. Like, so, come on, man. So I guess my follow-up question was, was uh, or is, is um, and you talked about, like, <laughs> like, growing up, especially where we grew up, right? We grew up in a, in a town. Town, right? Or is it a city? I, I guess it's, it's a suburb place, right? It's the second most diverse city in the country, right after New York City. I didn't know that, but well, now you do. But that, I mean, it <laughs> but, is but now very it explains diverse. everything because right. it's like growing up, I, you know, all the adults and like the employers that I used to talk to, I used to work at a very heavy, you know, customer service based, you know work environment and they would constantly get on me why do you talk like that i'm like what are you talking about why do you talk with an accent i was like an asian accent he was like no why do you talk they this is my manager said this to me why do you have a black accent and he was chinese mm. and i was, see and that's and exactly that's a very important point exactly because now it's asian on asian and, exactly so it's like and, that's the thing. and i was like what are you talking about yeah and I was like, if you look at any of my any of my friends, I'm like, I hang out with Spanish, you know, black, white, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, like European, whatever. We all talk the same. It's it's mm-hmm. it's nothing like it's nothing like growing up. We were never like, oh, I want to talk this way, right? Because like, I feel like we we are a prime example of being a product of our environment. It's like we didn't choose to speak a certain way. It's like whoever accepted us. You know what I mean? Whoever wanted to hang out with us, we're gonna be influenced how they talk. You know, right? And I think, uh, and I think you brought up a good point of like, yeah, I think at some point I struggled, you know, identifying who I was and what. Right now, when you said once you know who you identify yourself as, it, it gets to that point where you don't really care about what mm-hmm. other people. Say and it takes that. time. I think for me, like, you know, I may or may not struggle with that. And I think it was because, like, okay, I'm playing basketball. But then, like, two years passed and, like, no basketball is being played. Like, I'm yeah. still... And I realized that it's just, like, this is me. Like, take it or not. And I realized that if you're not fucking with me, then see ya. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all good. Yeah. And that's why I think people... And I think... I think now, as far as society goes, people are starting to be more yeah. um, confident and a yeah. lot of self-love is going on, which yeah. is awesome. And, and I think 
you know, people are really starting to stamp their flaws. And I think it, it's, it's turning the right direction. But coming up, and I think, you know, when we were younger in high school and middle school, like, I definitely did struggle with that. Because I, I never felt 100% accepted. You yeah. feel me? And I think yeah. that's huge. Acceptance. Acceptance. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, like, here's my team. Here's my squad. Like, whatever. We're doing that. Still always felt different. You mm-hmm. feel me? I always felt like... It, it's so strange because... I felt like I was always a minority. You yeah. feel me? I go into like the basketball culture things. Even I'm a amongst minority. minorities. It's, you no, after, exactly. Yeah. And then like you go say to like, you know, my sister used to go to Chinese school and shit. So I'll go there to use her open. Still felt like a minority. Exactly. So I'll go there to do the open gym. Yeah. But now because of how my ongoing relationship is with these other cultures, I go into to now quote unquote my culture. Yeah. And I still get treated like an outcast. So I think constantly I felt like alone mm. kind of it was very subtle because you know I mean I was like it's not like I was like mad depressed I mean I yeah. you know everyone goes through it but I think overall I had a good upbringing thing I'm just blessed to, that I had a good head on my shoulders I think yeah. like I, I never like I never got too defeated yeah, yeah you yeah. feel me to that yeah, point yeah. where it's too hard to bring yourself yeah. back up but um and it, so it, I think it's <clears throat> it's important that you felt that way. I think I've always seen you. I've always admired your mental strength, because um, you you've been through. You've told me a lot of shit that you've been through. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, first moving here, you moved up here with your now ex girlfriend, and you did everything with that person, and having to leave that person, and now you're solo. I think at one point you told me you were couch hopping and borderline fucking homeless. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for you mm-hmm. to 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 have the mental strength that you have during that time and, you know, working at a job that requires you to wake up at like six o'clock in the morning to mm-hmm. take care of all these people. And it's like you have, you, you know, everyone's looking on you, mm-hmm. counting on you. And now you go home where you barely have food to eat. You know, you're not sleeping on your own bed or your own house mm-hmm. or your own, you know, on your, on your own, yeah. on, in your own room or whatever. And you're living with people that are not your family. Uh, I, I think for you to, to, to have and, and, and have that on as your history and like still have like the mindset you have is like admirable. So I think to me, your mental strength, like you just said, you almost went through depression and like all these things. So like, I was straight up depressed, I'm sure. Like yeah, yeah. Fast. So 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 as far I mean, as like as far as like the mental oh, side of it, because I feel like and you were, and I yeah. think we you remember that shit. Yeah, and I, I was think, taking a bottle of Angel <laughs> every single yeah, night. and I think no one should be doing that. Yeah, and I, I think mm-hmm. it's 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 funny because I think obviously you and me take our mental issues or like our, our mental downside of things like differently, you know? Yeah. Um, me and Rob were working together for a year for a company and our company shut down. And the first thing I did, I went up to Rob. I was like, Rob, like I'm mentally exhausted, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm mentally exhausted. I Like this is not healthy for me. And I chose that route. And the route that Rob chose, because I feel like you've been through so many things where this was kind of, you know, this was kind of like some petty shit. I mean, it wasn't, but at the same time, it was just like, okay, well, then what's next? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like with you, you're mentally stronger because of the shit mm-hmm. you've been, been through and, Absolutely. The, and how you, you, I guess, like build yourself up, right? Yeah. So at your lowest moment in time, what motivated you the most? And what kind of mental exercise or whatever, mm-hmm. like, 
brought you back from the from the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pressure makes diamonds. Like, if if I didn't go through that rough patch in my life, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be who I am today. Right. So, I always tell you know it's it's really I always tell people that it's usually blessings in disguise. Like, yeah. if you don't look at your situation and try to add some positivity to it, yeah. then that's on you, I yeah. think. I must say that. It's, yeah. it's, it's a heat check. Like, if you're over here trying to have, like, a pity party, and you know what I mean? Like, you're really not doing yourself any good. You have right. to look at what you can control mm-hmm. and what you can't control, mm-hmm. you know? And then and then when you, when you lay it all down... And, and you know what I mean you, you see what you can actually control mm-hmm. then you focus on those things you can't control other people yeah. you can't control people's judgment you right. can't control these other things these external factors yeah. right when you focus on what you can actually touch and affect and then you tune in on that mm-hmm. then you will start seeing results mm-hmm. see I don't want to say you've grew up because I think you've always been grown mm-hmm. so I think no, I at, at, that, at that I'm aspect at that aspect I think it's more of like a mental state where mm-hmm. you are I think you change, change your mental state like if someone looks at you wrong you'd be like yo what's up you know what I mean <laughs> like you'd be like why are you looking at me like that you know and I feel like if someone looks at you wrong you would think of all these reasons why they would be looking at you wrong mm-hmm. maybe the way you look the way you dress your race your color your hair or whatever right mm-hmm. But now I think you're at a position, and that's just like a very dramatic example, right? Mm-hmm. But now I feel like you're at a position where you're just like, whatever, you know, or like. Well, it's I got like, too much to lose now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I feel like. But is that a good thing though? Is is having too much to lose a good thing? Absolutely, it puts okay. you in check. It makes, it makes things feel more real. Yeah, you feel me? If you if you're, if you don't have quote unquote nothing to lose, yeah, then you're gonna make some some fucked up decisions yeah. you're not gonna look at it logically you know what yeah. I mean you're not gonna like like there's more there's consequences to your decision yeah. now being that I finally brought on partners with Modest and yeah. like um you know when we were currently working with our previous company and having y'all as a team like I'm not making these decisions for myself no more yeah. I'm making decisions for a team of people a collective of creatives mm-hmm. people that I know people that I love you know it, it's it puts you in check. Yeah. You feel me? Even currently with my girlfriend Lydia, like I'm making decisions for us. Yeah. You feel me? It's like straight up. I grew up. You know, I I think the beauty of, about our conversation now is the fact that it's ongoing. You know what I mean? And I know for sure that you could be saying all these things, and and tomorrow, like like Rob. Or anyone that I interview will never, especially you, will never talk about, oh, like, you know, I've made it or I'm saying this because I, you know, like, I did this. I don't think certain things, anyone you know can I mean? say that. Yeah. Like, even if you're fucking whatever, Bill Gates. Right. If you're at that level, right, and you're saying, like, yo, I made it, mm. then you're a fraud. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're a clown because you know I mean? if you're not consistently trying to better yourself, yeah. you're, to me, you lost the whole point of this whole thing yeah if you're not trying to reach your full potential as a human being you feel me and the impact that you have on your community or mm-hmm. whatever you're trying to do your mm-hmm. vision i don't know i think you i think you missed something yeah i think you need to go back and, and reevaluate 
yeah. the whole situation. No, I I, I definitely agree. That's why I think I feel like you know a lot of it's a it's a corny it's a very corny saying, but you know it's it's not about the destination but the journey. Hey, and, that's <laughs> and that's what I that's what I really want to highlight. Yeah, I think with you, I think everything has always it, it has never been like pre-planned. You know, like hell no, everything has always came to you. But you know what's interesting about you is. No matter what comes to you, you've always like you're always ready. You know what I mean? That's a stretch. Like, eh, 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 no, That's a stretch. no, no, Maybe. I, I, no. I disagree because like, <laughs> and see, it, right? Look like someone. The way you see yourself is ne- is always usually never how the other person, someone that's outside, right. sees you, right? For sure. So and the way I see you, right, from my personal how do you experience. See Zella? Tall Asian. Ninety <laughs> percent. But but um every time like I throw like a, a curveball or something, you're always prepared. You're always you always have something. It'll be like the smallest shit, right? I'll be like, yo, Rob, we have an issue. This client wants this. Like I don't you know what, I mean? what, what mm-hmm. is it? It would be like, well, do this. Or if I have a problem, I'll be like, yo, like, what's a creative way to, to, to say this? Mm-hmm. Like, boom. So it might not be the, the always the right way, but mm. you always have a, a way. You know what I mean? And I think why I'm like that yeah. is because when you get that, you know, self-confidence yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. like, though your, like, response to an issue may not be the right, mm-hmm. like, that's not the, the overall solution. Yeah. You're proactively making decisions yeah, to yeah. get you to the right decision and that's how it goes it's not like okay we have this issue and there's one solution no there's multiple bad solutions okay solutions that will then get you to your final solution yeah. i think i'm much more so like let's just try it yeah. like i'm not i don't even yeah like when i'm on yeah. photo shoots with whoever like let's just try it yeah. shit 75 percent of the stuff that we shoot goes in the trash yeah but if i wasn't you know, proactive about, yo, let's just try it so we can look at it in post, like, then we wouldn't even have that option. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why now, like, when you're talking about if there's uh, an issue and I'm just, like, quick to do this, it's because I don't care. I'm just going to try something. I think you're you're very experimental. Like, you're fearless when it it comes to trying new things, you know? Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I think that kind of goes back to, to... self-confidence and also being confident in your decision making and i feel like there's a like a slight difference right Mm. you can have self-confidence but a lot of people aren't decision makers yeah you know what i mean a lot of people can't aren't aren't people to call the shots yeah because they don't know how to make decisions like i have a bunch of friends that are like yo do whatever you think is best i'm like i i don't know you know like i i don't know Mm -hmm. if if what i think is because they rely so much on other people making that decision for them or maybe how they grew up or or whatever. But I feel like the best answer to, to anything creative is is how you back it up. Yeah, and I think because it's also no perfect it's, answer. It's collaborative as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, for sure. The best deliverables mm-hmm. come when you're collaborating with other creators. Anything. It's Any I, ideas. I hate a one-sided narrative. Like, yeah. if you come in and it's like, you know, it's your show. Like, that's, I mean, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, I, okay, I'll run the show. But 
I strongly believe that then we will not get the best product yeah. because you need other perspectives. You yeah. need it. Yeah. If you're dealing with a whole bunch of fucking people who do like product photography and that's all they do, and if you, you know what I mean, things like that, then your final result will be clean, but it won't be new. Yeah. How, how then are we going to raise the bar? Yeah. As creatives. Yeah. Like, if we're not bringing in new perspectives. Yeah. Won't that bring about complacency? Yeah, yes, it will. I, I think like, it's like the, the the power of being creatives is the fact that we're able to work as a team. And everyone's you know? creative, man. Yeah, that's what exactly. When people say creatives, I want to say that now, like full disclosure, like you may or may not be listening to this podcast right now thinking like, creative, fuck, I'm going to turn this shit off. Like, this not for me. No, that's been, society's done that. Society's yeah. categorized us into two creative non-creative like business person with a bow tie on versus tie. you know what i mean shorty with the armpit grown out like it's not yeah, that yeah, black yeah. and white we're all mad creative yeah. like human beings are creative by nature uh, to me the way i see creative like being a creative i don't think it's about what you can produce is like how like your way of thinking mm-hmm. you know what i mean i think creativity has always been about your 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 mental your thinking abilities as opposed to what you can produce you know yeah. um like a lawyer can have a creative way of winning the trial you know what i mean like yeah, vice versa so um I, I think there's like different ways to uh to go about it the biggest thing you got from is you know the fact that you said oh i'm, I'm super apologetic you know what i mean and i think that has to do with everything that you've been through you know being because i mean if you really think about it i just don't care no more son because when, I, when, when someone looks at me and tries to belittle me I'm out. I'm no. a, I'm gonna laugh in your fucking face. That's impossible, bro. Like, you're six foot four. No, nah, but y'all can still do it. It's a mental thing. I'm not talking about physically belittle <laughs> me. That's a different story. I'm talking about just mentally. Yeah. Like people who have let ego flood yeah. their mind and stuff like that. Like I don't you know, I mean straight up, like I, I'm treating every single person as a human being. Yeah. That's it. That's the narrative. That's yeah. the context. It's me, one human being to you, another human being. Like it's fucking like Whoever, like, yeah. not to rush I'm not going to use Obama, but fucking anyone, like someone big, like a president, right? Try to belittle me, so that'd be like, well, fuck it, I tried, yeah. but I'm not going to then, like, cower to you, like, I, I just, that's not, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not me anymore. Yeah. So, like, and that shit happens all the time, being in fashion, being in a, such a pretentious environment. Well, you know I, I, I mean? feel like, yeah, I feel like your environment kind of molded you, you know what I mean? Because I, th- I think a lot of the times, like... We we learn a lot of things from our parents or like how we grew up. I was never taught to 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 not to, to be an apologetic. I was never as a kid. I was never taught to. What were you taught to be timid? To, to just no no no. Uh, I, I was always taught to take the stand your ground. Yeah, stand my ground and 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 kind of kind of take the high road. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it goes back to culture thing. Anything. That's what I'm saying because you were like you were a very blank canvas. For me, you were. I feel like you were a very blank canvas. Like I I love my parents though. Full disclosure, I'm just saying like I didn't. I lacked the guidance because in retrospect, because you know now when you get older, like you have more conversations with people, you start to find out more about people's families and stuff. And like you know, I I love my fucking family. I was brought up well. Mm -hmm. I always have food on my table. Mm -hmm. You know, like I 
we wasn't really, you know what I mean? We, we struggled as any family would. But I think with my personal family, it was more an emotional thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, lack of love in the household. Mm-hmm. Lack of a, a home-cooked meal. Like, I tell people this, like, I've only had vegetables on the table, like, five times or less. Yeah. Like, I grew up on, like, just straight baked lasagna. Yeah. Like, that's it. Leftovers. Every single week. The same meal. I was that kid who was at other people's houses at your table yeah. you know what i mean like living in other people's houses that's yeah. that's always been my narrative yeah it's just it's never been here i never i ain't find a home quote unquote until two years ago when i found myself mm. now home is is internal you yeah. feel me now i'm comfortable i'm good i could be anywhere i could be in mexico i could be anywhere mm-hmm. i feel at home um but it took a while for me but so you know you know what's what's so strange to me right is is that you and i think what you just said had a lot to do with it and i never knew about it until what you just said now mm-hmm. is the fact that like you were brought up with a family mm-hmm. right mom and dad um but you've always felt out of place you know what mm-hmm. i mean and i think that had a lot to do with your independency now mm-hmm. um i think as 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 someone like me who likewise you know grew up mom and dad and you know i've always been very very attached you know i like to your I, family to my, to my family right. you know what i mean and so it's you're very you're very family oriented yeah i'm very family cool, oriented and it's, it's, it's very hard for me yeah. to be solely independent mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and and that's one thing that's another reason why i moved out by myself just so i can learn independence and i can work on myself i mean mm-hmm. even to this day i'm like oh man i miss home i miss this and when i go back i just want to stay there you know it's mm. it's 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 still currently you feel currently like, yeah okay. it's 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 like it's kind of like you know like staying off of like you know like addiction and it's like once you like yeah it's, you're good if you don't good. do it you're good it's comfortable but once you once yeah. you start doing you know it, like you feeling. exactly you know like it's like no, exactly yeah. it's like i get super comfortable you mm-hmm. know what i mean and and like I get comfortable, but that comfort is very uncomfortable. Once I start getting, com- you know what I mean? Oh, okay, yeah, I see. What so you're it's saying. like because I've tasted independence and I know what I'm capable of, and it's like it's more rewarding. Rewarding, yeah. So yeah like yeah. that's that. Like when you're on your own, it's like okay, you can have your fam, your pops, your moms give you a meal, right? Yeah. Or you can work. Yeah. You can work all day to get what you know what i mean thirty dollars mm-hmm. or whatever your hustle mm-hmm. is right and then you pay for that yeah. you buy the produce you cook it yourself yeah now that meal is so much more satisfying no absolutely you feel me like <clears throat> i think that's the difference that no i think that's a major difference and also it's like what what like a big thing i think you and me talked about it after you know our our division our work closed down is you know, when we shared it with our family, when you shared it with your father, I shared it with mine, and, you know, as opposed to, like, when you shared, when your uh, girlfriend's fam- family uh, heard about it, it was never, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, like, blah, 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 do you want to right. what can I do, blah, it's blah, blah, it was, just, it was yeah. just, like, cool, like, I'm sure you can get another job, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, it, it was, it, and it's, like, to yeah. me, that's so okay with me. You know what I mean? It's like, okay that's like, you? yeah, it's okay with me. Like, to yeah. me, it's just like... To me, it's not so much. Okay. Because I think that... I get it yeah, coming yeah, from, yeah. like, our cultural background, but yeah. I think that showing love and comfort mm. and showing that security net, like, yeah. that emotional security yeah, net yeah. is 
is detrimental. Like, me and you both probably grew up in a similar situation, being that we're from an Asian background, right? But I think that's really lacking and should be more mm. of it. Like, it should just be there more. Yeah, like, yeah. why? I don't get it. Showing love is the easiest thing to do. But yet, youngins are so reluctant mm. to show it. I disagree on that. Well, showing love? I think showing hate is... is Hating is easier, bro. True. <clears throat> I mean, showing hate is also easy. Well, I, I, but, but you're talking about in a family perspective, though. Well, yeah, yeah or, I was, or I was talking about family. Now you're talking about in general, too. But, like... See, now showing hate is easy. Yeah. But it's... It's violent in nature. Like... True. Yeah, showing yeah. love is, is no no loose ends. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just love. Yeah. And yet, yeah, youngies really don't want to show it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And it and it causes this weird infrastructure of like, oh, he ain't show love. Now I don't want to show. Now yeah, it's just a whole bunch of people. Now it's a whole bunch of people who wanted to show love originally. Now they don't want to no more. Yeah. And that's shit that I don't stand for. And I don't really understand. Yeah. I get it because it's politics. Yeah. But for me, it's like I'm gonna show love. Regardless, like I don't yeah, care. Yeah. And they go. It's going back to what I originally said. Like you know, what I mean, maybe thirty minutes ago where. Focusing on what you can control mm-hmm. and what you can't control. You can control the amount of love you show. Yeah. You can't control how much love other people are going to show. Yeah. But who gives a fuck? Yeah. If you put in love into the world, then you're good. I mean, that's how I see it. I don't know. And, and I think that's also like the selfish part of being a human being. Is like when we show love, we automatically expect the same amount of love yeah that's true that's true and it's like i I really don't think love i mean to to an extent right because if i show my girl love i'm gonna expect the same you know what i mean like because when it comes to a relationship like it's like but you gotta have no expectations no like yes when you you do things you can't expect no, nah, I, I stop. I stop. I stop expecting. Expectations from, from will be the death of you, yo. Yeah. You pull up to somewhere, you expect this from somewhere, yeah. and you don't get it. Now you're viewing homie like he he piece of shit or whatever, and it's like that's yeah. not. He might have been busy. He might have had a bad day. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when you have these expectations thrown onto people, it becomes very problematic yeah, in yeah. the long run. And I, I'm still guilty of doing it. But I'm mindful about yeah. having expectations. But I think that's that's all it takes. I, I feel like everyone is guilty of it. I think everyone the most is. important thing is being mindful of it, right? Yeah. I, I think everyone's always like, walk on my shoes. But listen, we all don't wear the same size shoes. You know what I yeah. mean? So at the same time, you can't expect to everyone to, to fit your shoes. You know what it's I mean? It's hard, man. And, and like, it's hard in these conversations because it's, you know, because of language, like, you're forced to generalize things. Yeah. That's what language is, you know? It's like, you're labeling things, yeah. you know what I mean? But, like, you know, you label fucking bears and shit, like, yeah. but even when you do that, each bear is still different. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like, when you speak in, like, this linguistical space, mm-hmm. then, you're, then you start generalizing shit, and it's yeah. hard, because even, like, everything we said today might not mean shit anyways yeah. because like what I just said today may or may not be relative to your situation right. so you ever everyone listening to this like you really have to be sharp I don't know how how many times I said that shit to you you just gotta okay. be sharp like and it's hard to explain but you just gotta know when it's when it's well, it's, I, I like, think it's like it, like everything calls for like a specific time you know what I mean and I yeah. think that's what you mean when when it's like 
to be sharp. You know what I mean? Like you got to know when to say certain shit. You got to know when to act certain, it you know, the way certain taught. things. You it know, can't they can't. Be I think it's just it's through experience. You have to, yeah, you have to experience and then like take that and learn from those experience, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think one thing that we really didn't discuss is how you kind of how everything came to fruition. Everything that you have now pretty much uh, branched off of modest your talent your you know business like business minded whatever came from modest and i think modest is so interesting and it's something that i feel like not just our city but just like you know as a nation is something that we need it's so selfless it's so um it's so not about what it actually is um so i, I guess talk kind of talk about you growing up because i know me knowing you for x amount of years you've always been grinding you've always been hustling um you've always had like a business you know minded uh uh, persona um so talk about i guess your route and how how where modest you know pretty much you know how everything led to modest in a sense i mean i think it really just all goes back to that feeling of coming up yeah. It's all about the come up. Yeah. It always has been like when you, especially when you don't have a lot to yeah. work with, um, whatever background you're coming from, just to feel like you're up. Yeah. It's very very addictive. It's a good feeling. Yeah. It's a great feeling. You want more of it. You yeah. feel me? So like going back, I mean, if I give you the whole rundown, like, shit, my first, it started off in like elementary school. I was really into Kirby. I wrote like a motherfucking ten page story about Kirby and I was selling it in my in my no neighborhood. Way. Like out of my I grandma's didn't know this. out of my grandma's house, like I was selling like these ten page stories so of wait, Kirby so for twenty five cents. You were always in creative. You were always like a creative. I guess so, like in retrospect, and that's the thing. That's the thing that I'm trying to tell people now. Like, you you might not think you are creative, yeah. but we're all born creative. It yeah. gets kinda like taken out of us over yeah. time because you're told like no art in this this type of road or this path i'm sorry is less lucrative yeah. and this is if you do this you're a hippie or quote-unquote like just unsuccessful like you're a cool guy people like you but you need to be a lawyer mm-hmm. you gotta be especially come from an asian background mm-hmm. you gotta be engineer doctor nurse something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and i think it gets kind of like taken out of us but um now before i go on a whole tangent like yeah so my first that was my first hustle i mean i, I didn't really make any money but i'm just saying that that memory yeah is yeah, still yeah. in me because i was in straight up middle school i mean i'm sorry elementary school yeah. typing up this shit printing out a bunch of copies and trying to sell it to people and then coming sixth grade you know that's when everyone was on the sb dunks you yeah. know what i mean so you know <laughs> I found this website, all fake SB Dunks. <laughs> yo, I printed out the whole entire website, all the shoes. And I was walking up to people. I was like, yo, my uncle run this this uh, no. this factory. You know what I mean? I can get you SB Dunks for the low. I was paying like 25 on each pair because it was fake. I was selling them for like 50 to people. And unfortunately... That's that's the old me, right? Yeah, yeah, or just yeah. like just wait, were you ever were you ever caught? Like were you ever like all oh, these are fake or no 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 like so I sold it to a few people and like I just actually never gave them the shoes, which was really fucked what up. What the and fuck? You just you just got the money? Yeah, son. Damn. And I was like, damn. I mean, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> you want to do something? Do something. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty fucked up. Um, I'm not proud of that, 
the point of this story but is... But you were young, though. Exactly. I was in sixth grade. I mean, right out of fucking elementary school. So, like... Uh, but for point, you to even have that mindset, though. Exactly. You know I mean? It's just the point of trying to turn nothing to something. something yeah. Like, you found something, you think you could flip it, and then then that's what you try to do. And I think that's always been embodied with me personally. Like, you know, moving into high school, like, you know, dabbling. I was trying to trap. Like, it was it was baby weight, but I was yeah. selling Reggie to the upperclassmen and stuff yeah. like that. And then, luckily for me, you know... I, I realized that this is fucking stupid and I should focus on basketball and, I, and a lot of times like I tell people like I may or may not have parents whatever but like shit I wrote an essay my senior year like basketball yeah. is my parents like if it wasn't for basketball then I wouldn't have tried to get better grades and try yeah. to better myself yeah. it was because of, I thought I could really make it with basketball mm-hmm. and like and I owe it to basketball mm-hmm. that where I'm at now. Because if I didn't do that, I don't know what I'd be doing now. Who yeah. knows? Probably some dumb Who knows? Um, Rob, so I think one thing that makes who you are super special and your clothing company very special, or your company in general and like just who you are, right, is, is the fact that we or you tapped into the, the culinary, you know, market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think... There, there are some people here like you know Eddie Huang and stuff like that, but I think with you it's 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 it's, it's so mom and pop, you know it's yeah. so humble it, it's so mm-hmm. lack of a better word it's so modest, and it's all about education you know introducing people to new things and I can speak this on a personal level you've introduced me to so much you know so many new flavors so many smells so many textures so many all this and a third right, so. To me, I feel like you, your whole motto is bringing people together through yeah. your company, right? And I, since food is so universal, I feel like you chose food. But what really is the reason why you chose food? What What was your motivation I mean, between like tying food with your clothing company? So, I mean, straight up, man, um, just around the time that I found out about food and, and, and really the, the satisfaction you get mm-hmm. from from cooking Mm -hmm. essentially like it was a very dark time in my life where like i mentioned earlier yeah did did food kind of like what was food kind of like your wellness kind of thing like was that was that your zen though i can't draw or like paint or things like that you know cooking it is art yeah it is it absolutely is and like with the type of shows that they have now, Chef's Table, all this shit, like, they really show it, like, yeah. as far as, you know, obviously art, is how yeah. that it's portrayed and, and all that, but, you know, different from that, just the process, though, mm-hmm. cutting it, being hands-on with, with, interacting with your produce, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, seeing the transformation from mm-hmm. start to finish, it's very, very, um, satisfying not only satisfying though but it's straight up art seeing the transformation on a canvas with paint Mm -hmm. like seeing the transformation from raw produce to the final product it's very comparable in my opinion and I think so what happened was basically shout out to my man X Um, my man Xavier like showed me food I think um, when I really needed it like just around the same time that I broke up with my ex um and I was like, you know, borderline homeless, whatever, couch surfing for a while, yeah. you know, and then ended up in my homie's family's house 
and, you know, in public housing. Not the best situations. Obviously, I'm fucking blessed that I had that yeah, yeah, yeah. option to begin with. But, you know, it, it really wasn't home for me. I was living out of my suitcase. Like, I never unpacked for about nine months. And, like, yeah, that was pretty fucked up for me. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. Like, it, it was hard for me. It was really hard. Like, not ever having that feeling of uh, just being home. And, yeah. like, kind of, like, just... Like, a, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. you never got a chance to exhale, you yeah, feel me? I yeah. think my only instances of, of exhaling came through cooking. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was home to you. That was home to me, and, and that was, and as it should be, because that's what cooking is. Think yeah. about it, like, smelling those smells, helping mm-hmm. your moms or pops, like, cutting things, prepping mm-hmm. for a meal. Um, and that's something that I like because I didn't grow up in a cooking household, so yeah, I kind of found yeah. this... Um, you know, only two years ago, kind of like, kind of like when I chose to rebrand Modest. The mm-hmm. same exact time, I said it was immediate. I knew that this was right. I knew that this was organic and authentic. Mm-hmm. So I, I extended this to my brand mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, Modest is is me. Right. It's me. It's me expressing myself through this medium. So it was immediate. As soon yeah. as I found this love of cooking and what it did for me, I had to apply it to my brand. Yeah. Because it modest is a living breathing organism yeah. you feel me like the last joint we just did the last um visual content we dropped in the form of a video was me playing basketball because why because i fucking love basketball it's that simple like yeah. it's it's straight up an extension of me and my partners and, and the values and opinions that we hold personally mm-hmm. um but yeah i found out about cooking two years ago all through running terminal market i was managing the spice shop inside shout out to the head nut please check it out a great great resource for philadelphians um but yeah i mean i was in there experimenting you know cultivated these relationships with all the merchants you know there's like upwards of 70 merchants in the market Mm. honestly the best farmers market on the east coast shit i might even say america in general mm-hmm. most definitely on the east coast, east coast yeah. um i can't speak too much on the west coast because I'm, I'm not too familiar with that area um as much as i would like to be but um you know just through the relationships that i have with running strong market i've really found purpose um as a creative as a human being i mean you've been to like my cookouts like yeah. man i live for that like to to put food in the people's bellies and just have that moment mm. right it's it's just really something that you can't you can't really explain in words yeah. you know what i mean and that's why grandmas and moms all across the world do this every night yeah it's because it's not like, monetary wealth yeah it's just straight up emotional connection yeah. like that's why moms and all these people do why do they slave away it's not because fuck all that like you know, women should be in the kitchen. No, like another reason why they do it, not in, not even to say women just do it, but in general, like even though that there's that stereotype of women being in the kitchen and yeah. that shits, oftentimes women still choose to be in the kitchen is because mm-hmm. it's so so satisfactory. I mean, that's why I choose to do it. Shit, I mean, I love feeding people. Mm-hmm. It's just wealth can come in multiple different ways it doesn't always have to be monetary mm-hmm. you feel me mm-hmm. it's just like it can be emotional it can be all types of ways and i think food 
really brings that about. Um, Like, just in that context, like, you really get a lot of satisfaction from feeding people. And I think that is an extension of my events where I chose to do supper clubs where I'm feeding people and, and showing people new produce. And, like, it all comes down to that very universal feeling of, of just feeding people. And, like, when I go to the roots of Modest and why I chose to rebrand around foods because I'm trying to focus on, like, timeless yeah. emotions. T- yeah, just yeah, just yeah, timelessness. Yeah. Like, and what's more timeless than getting around you know, a table or a fire mm-hmm. with food and mm-hmm. drink. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's, I mean, fucking, like, back in the day when it's cavemen and shit. Like, I'm sure that they all got around a fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, caught a pig or a hog, and they cooked that junk. Mm-hmm. And they all sat around and, and chilled around the fire. Right. That shit is so timeless to human nature, and that's, what I'm trying to hone in on is yeah. is that timeless appeal. You feel me? And like, that's why I chose to rebrand around food. And I think it's different because though we rebrand around food, it's not all about food. It's just another um, dimension of modest. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's just another thing that we do apart from um, you know the nonprofit efforts with Chosen 300. Shout out to Shanday and Brian Jenkins who do an amazing, amazing job at Chosen 300. Um, $5 from all apparel goods go to Chosen 300, 10% from all accessories, and we host a handful of canned food drives throughout right. the year. So, I mean, it just all comes full circle, and the glue that holds us together is kind of food in yeah. a way. No, I, th- I think so. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, not, not, not to say... It's, it's, I mean, of course, like Supper Club, like the whole concentration is on food. But once you bring clothes, you know, like T-shirts and accessories in, I feel like these are kind of elements that kind of remind you of that event, you know, of, for sure, of, of things where like when you wear it, it's like, oh, like I remember that, that day. Like I tried this, but it's universal I tried that, too. you know what I mean? Like if you look at the Barnum shorts that we just dropped, yeah. the champion shorts, like, See, and that's me, and now I'm, I'm going, I'm tapping a little bit more, and I don't know if I should be saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways, like, you know, in the context of Supper Club, we portrayed the Barnum shorts as, like, a carnival good, yeah. something like that, we packaged it with carnival wrapping paper, things like that. Now, post-Supper Club, I rebranded it. I didn't mention the carnival stuff. I just mm-hmm. branded it as, like, athletic, right, you know, right, apparel. Right. So I think that kind of alludes mm. to how like multi-dimensional we really are yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like i i you know in the context of supper club like it's all about educating people specifically younger demographics mm-hmm. people like our age people who i feel like who want to learn about food but that scene may or may not be too pretentious yeah. and unwelcoming yeah. for a younger, you're scared to like for a younger, especially if you're a minority. I'm not gonna lie. Like, luckily for me, like I've been enough experiences where I, you know, I can hold my own and like it is cool. But like for say like one of my other homies, right? Like you might want to learn about craft beer, but the per the bartender may or may not be pretentious, yeah. and, and that's a real thing that I think you know that's a heat check to the food industry as well. Like, chill out. Yeah. Like, it's not that deep. It, 
why are you really doing this? To sell beer or to educate? You know what I mean? Because a lot of people pride themselves on that mission statement. Mm-hmm. Like, we're here for beer, for craft beer and all mm-hmm. this shit, micro distilleries. And then you come in and you want to learn about it mm-hmm. and they want to be a fucking asshole. Yeah. So this is a heat check to the food industry. Like, mm-hmm. why then are you then, you know, why are you portraying yourself in gotcha. that nature? Like, and that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, basically host these events where it's very welcoming mm. and you can slightly yeah, no, like judgment in, in no way am i trying to educate you about the whole process of beer no no no. this is just an event to just spark the curiosity amongst yourself mm-hmm. so then that you can like kind of like dig in deeper because yeah. you know we can only do so much so much yeah, we're yeah. not a microbrewery like we're not yeah, gonna host yeah. tours at philadelphia distill like we exactly. can't do all that yeah. but um I'm just trying to give someone an experience that will then lead mm-hmm. to a better experience. Like spark curiosity. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's absolutely. what it is. Alright, so let's let's move on. I know, we're gonna to, uh, to Rapid to, Fire. To our rapid fire pop culture. Okay, so another hot topic right now that everyone has been talking about is uh so there's this uh roller coaster on uh Daytona Beach Boardwalk. And it re- uh, the the uh, roller coaster actually, uh, I guess I, I guess like fell off or some shit, and um, I think eight people got injured. Uh, were sent to the hospital. Um, one person's uh, uh, lungs was punctured and like multiple ribs broken Damn, and shit like that. Um, I've never been a until like what like. Three four years ago, I've never been huge with roller coasters um, because I've always feared this. And I watched uh, Final Destination, and uh, I was never super big into roller coasters. And then like it's funny because the the biggest the biggest time roller coasters are ridden is during summer, yeah. and like this shit happening right before like summer break and like when kids are out and shit like that. Um, you know, out of school and stuff like that is happening. It's like such a dramatic like news. You know what I mean for like but all that these shit other happens, places. Man. That shit happens all the time. People don't. Know I don't that. know about all the time though. I don't think so. I don't think so no. because I feel like if it happened all the time, then that then that's a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then I don't. But f- media doesn't want people to see problems all the fuck. I mean, like as far as shit like this, because think about all the bootleg ass. Um, amusement parks throughout the world true you know what i mean like in third world country like they got i'm sure they have something that they put in the ground yeah I don't, I don't know i'm just saying well what's the question like is this problematic for no no i mean there's no question it's just like a hot topic like it's like it's just a like um it's just like a news like a like a like what's a your topic. opinion on the news yeah like it's just like a topic that's been happening like you think this will affect listen because this is big this is like surfacing around is, everywhere like this is like do you think this will affect like people getting into roller coasters and shit like that during possibly summer? but i think you take that risk when yeah. you look up and you see a fucking structure whatever the how high it is like some jumps are insane like whatever a thousand feet in the air shit you're taking that risk it's similar to skydiving like like you know you would obviously assume that everything is cool but at the end of the day it's like 
Yeah, you you might fall off this jump. <laughs> yeah, you, you might. <laughs> what's that number? That's a Ray Ray. Boop. <laughs> Dead. Like that shit might happen to you. Wait, are you like, are you into roller coasters? Uh, I grew up. I I really enjoyed water parks more for some reason mm-hmm. when I was younger. Now in adulthood, yeah, I mean I'll ride a roller. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Like. Some jumps, sure, like, if it's, like, a huge one, I may back out okay. when I'm right in front of it. So, so right now, so I think it's what? I think they fell 40, it was a 40-foot fall, um, and I think no one died or anything like that. Um, so they good. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, uh, <laughs> um, at that point, like, whose fault is it? Um, it's absolutely the amusement park's fault. You is better it, get a Is lawsuit. it the amusement park or the people who made the ride? You know what I mean? It's so, the so it's amusement a different part. So the amusement because part. they charge these youngins. They approve mm. the engineering behind the, the jump. Right. Like, I'm sure that these people voice, like, this may be an issue 10 years down the road. They was like, uh, okay, fuck it. Let's just build it. We can't wait anymore. Yeah, Opening yeah, yeah, days yeah. next week. It's like, nah, well, now, now I'm just, I'm making this. So, so right. is it, so I, I, do you think it's a similar to how your car broke down? <laughs> like, once you sell a car, it's like, and it breaks down, whose fault is that? Okay. Is it, it's not, the, See, it's not now, the dealer's fault? Okay. Or is it a manufacturer's fault? Now you're adding another layer of context because but, if, it's but like isn't that the same, if it's like... It's the same concept, though. If yeah. they miss upkeep for this... Exactly. For this roller coaster, say that they're supposed to be doing something every year, and they consciously chose not to do the yeah, upkeep yeah, yeah. on the... Then it's their fault. Yeah. Absolutely. Similar to a car, if you're not getting oil changes... And doing all this shit. Like you. Wait, yeah. so, wait. Well, you're, similar to me. In your perspective, you don't get no oil change or nothing like that. No upkeep or anything like that. Who do you blame? You, the dealership, or the manufacturing company? Well, I'm going to blame myself, but there's there's a fucking another <laughs> side explanation. Yeah, because we were doing everything with my uncle. So, like, <laughs> so it's a family <laughs> friend that I think that, honestly, we this were probably hassling. Like, he was probably like, I don't know, do you this know, shit. You taking your car, your hoopty down to Maryland was the scariest thing I've ever done. After I it ain't that bad. No, it, no, it was bad. It was so it was two fun. hour and thirty minutes right of a ride, and I was like, mm. and I was like, Rob, when was the last time you got an oil change? He was like, I don't. I'm like, what the fuck? And I, and then I My remember, uncle does remember, that remember, shit for me, but your bro. uncle doesn't live with you in Philly. Remember, I told you, I was like, Rob, I feel like this car is about to break down, bro. And what happened on your way back, way back uh, from Maryland? Yeah, that's shit broke down. down. But now I got a new whip, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Blessings in disguise. You your shit breaks down. Then, you, then luckily, my father had another car. So you I better get that. Down. You better start getting that oil change. Um, yeah. So the the beauty with this podcast is that we're able to follow different artists or different people, different just you know like just different different people you know my friends um and you know with rob he had he always and i'm so glad like i like i wouldn't have chose anyone but rob to be on my first uh episode of this new branding because it just makes sense because he has so much so much to talk about um and he has a lot going on so it if you know me asking you what do you have going on right and 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 what what's next? 
um, that people can kind of, I can come back and, and check up on you and you can kind of update them on what you, you're just talk, about to talk about now, mm-hmm. what would it be? I mean, right now it's working on um, Stockus for Modest. Yeah. Uh, we're we're uh, making a conscious decision to, to put the summer club events on hold until fall and winter because it's very... It's pretty draining doing yeah. that. Um, so, with that said, while we're not doing events, we're going to be working on a few uh, artist collaborations. Uh, kind of, you know, putting some of these artists, uh, putting a spotlight on them yeah. and showcasing their capabilities. Uh, new faces to Philadelphia in particular. Um, looking to bring in some DC artists, do some cool yeah. things. Again, from the top. From the top? Yeah. Like, what's next for Modest? Yeah, um, right now for Modest, like, you know, we're, we're looking to, to find some stockers. Um, we've made a conscious decision to put these uh, supper clubs on hold because they're so time-consuming and, uh, and, and you know, kind of exhausting. Which I mean, they're, they're definitely well worth it, but I think right now I'm going to take a step back with my team uh, and figure out more uh dropping more products specifically with artists local artists Mm -hmm. uh located mainly in dc because i would really like to to Mm -hmm. to reach back out to my roots and bring some new faces to philadelphia because as i stated um earlier in the podcast that you know i'm all about raising the bar and, and bringing new faces and you know if you're constantly dealing with the same faces then that will lead to complacency. I mean, yeah. it's just logical. Like, if it's the same eyes on, on always, like, mm-hmm. you're going to miss out on things. So, um, so that's kind of what's next for Modest. Getting it stopped so that you can um, physically cop some Modest, mm-hmm. uh, some new projects with artists in D.C. Um, and then more events. come. We're going to come really strong fall and winter, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, we'll 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 definitely check back with uh Rob, but I think that's you know, like I said, that's the beauty of this podcast is that we can get an up to date on the journey and, and this podcast is all about the journey that's that's you know, that's taking place with, with everyone that I sit down with. Um and you know maybe like a, a two months from now or three months from now we'll sit back with him or maybe sooner maybe a month from now and see what what he has going on and what kind of improvements that improvements that he has made and and we'll check back in with him um uh any 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 announcements or plugins that you need you want to put in nah man just put out that positivity in the world i'm not gonna talk myself up too much i think I think these podcasts should be about you, the listener, right yeah. now, who's yeah. taking the time to listen to this, and and just no shit. If you're in Philly or if you're anywhere, hit me up. Uh, yeah, where where, even, where where can they find you though? Talk about where they can find you. Well, shit, I'm everywhere. I mean, hit me up. I guess on Instagram, Roblim, R O B B L I M. We can connect that way. Um, modest, if you if you're if modest, it's about modest Philly, modest Philly, yeah. Um, otherwise. Shit, I'm around. You can find me at the function. You can find me a few places. Um, he got the. He's just being literally modest. He got the function going on. The function is a, is a local event here in Philadelphia that happens ever so often, maybe like once a month or twice a month. 
Um, and then he has his modest, and then he has his supper club by modest through modest modest that's happening again during fall, maybe September, October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then also he uh, he's he's always collaborating with other artists, um, always collaborating, always putting out content on his Instagram and stuff like that. Um, so look out for that. As he mentioned before, R O B B L I M on Instagram. Uh, I don't know if you have a Facebook. It's all under Modest Philly. All, all under yeah. Modest. And then you can, if you want to check out Modest Philly, it's uh, modestphilly.com. Um, working on updating his site right now. So um, tune in for that. And um, yeah, if you want to write to us or anything, um, email is strugglethime at 88kin.com. That's strugglethime at 88kin.com. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you've listened to us, for this amount of time, appreciate it. Um, and we'll catch you next time with someone else. Deuces. Or peace. Peace. <laughs> Be easy, everyone. Be safe. Enjoy your summer, man.